0: Hello listeners, and welcome to Monsters Advocate. Monsters Advocate is a weekly podcast focused around the unsung heroes of myths and legends, the monsters. We'll take a look at some monster-centric myths and legends, some not-so-ancient cryptids, and everything in between, and try to sort out possible origin species, biological impetus for why they do what they do, and why we love to hear about them. So listeners, this week I've got an absolute treat for you, because I will not be doing most of the talking! This week I'd like to introduce a special guest who is our resident zombie expert and is here to talk to us a bit about zombies, their origins, some zombies in pop culture, and anything else we find interesting. So let's introduce her. Here's Grace Derby, our resident zombie expert.
1: Hello, my name is Grace. Um, I did a course in zombies or actually that's a lie. I convinced a teacher to let me do a course in zombies <laughs> when I was in college as a senior, so that's a fun story to have. So, I was I asked Kaylin as a joke one point if she'd ever do a guest character
0: uh, and do zombies and I didn't think she'd take me up on the offer, but she did. So here I am. Never dare me to do something, I will absolutely do it. Now, let me ask, how did you get your teacher to do a whole course on zombies for you, or let you do, like, a assignment on zombies? So, I went to a rather small college,
1: and this teacher knew me as a freshman, and she apparently really liked me. I don't know what I did, but I did something right. So, senior year, I had to take a course in post-colonial uh, literature in the Caribbean, and... As I'm reading these books, and this is most of my research that I have here today, is the research that I did for this class. And one thing that we learned about was the religion that took place in the Caribbean. And that's basically what we would refer to as voodoo, but they have different versions of it. Voodon is probably the more common version of how to pronounce it, I guess. Anyway, so as we're doing that, we're getting up to the final paper, and I'm noticing these things that have to do with zombies. Because it's mentioned, uh, it's been mentioned as in Voodoo. There's this uh, belief in zombies. Kind of briefly mentioned it, and the teacher was very picky about the uh, classes and the, the final paper we could do. So she had like six ones that she picked for us, and we had to pick those. But me, being me, I was like, "That's not what I want to do." So I went out and talked to her. I brought all this information of how I believe that there was a zombie archetype in Caribbean literature. And I brought all this evidence, I did all this research, and I brought it to her. And the entire time she's, like, laughing because the whole idea is absolutely ridiculous. And at the end of it, she said, yeah, go for it. So I did my final paper for my senior milestone. I'm not sure what the term was, but basically one of, like, my final papers I would ever do at this college was on zombies in post-colonial literature.
0: That's really cool. That sounds way more interesting than, like, a lot of other topics I can think of about post-colonial literature in general. So um, let's get into zombies. Enough of this academic talk. Let's start off with, uh, can you give us like a, a brief history of zombies? And, you know, I know you just said your specialty was post-colonial Caribbean literature, but uh give us a little bit about where zombies come from and how they're made, all that fun stuff. All right. So
1: zombies first made an appearance in modern culture with the release of Night of the Living Dead by George
0: Romeo.
1: I'm not sure his name and I apologize. Um,
0: No, it's okay. I mispronounce everything all the time, every (laughs) week. So whoever's listening is very, very generous and forgiving with my pronunciation. You're fine. All
1: right. So he was the one that came out and brought the concept of the zombie. And now it's going to be very hard to make the difference between what I'm trying to say. So I'm going to try to enunciate the i or the e at the end of it so when i say zombie i'm talking about z-o-m-b-i-e which is what we know it as by this movie and that is the stereotypical like you know slow lumbering mindless creature that's just needs to eat human flesh particularly the brains that was brought to us by night of the living dead and since then we have seen it appear constantly in modern media i want to say that movie was in like I want to say it's the 1950s, but it might be even earlier than that. I'm sorry. Go
0: to Google and cheat.
1: I looked up the name of it and not the actual date it was released.
0: That's all right. 1968.
1: All right, so scratch that. Um, So Night of the Living Dead came out in 1968, and he see does that actually say his name? George A. Romero. Yes, George A. Romero. He's the one that kind of was inspired by what we would say as the zombie, which is Z O M B I um, from just the Caribbean culture in general. So we've seen numerous instances of it since then. Like you got Walking Dead, you had Shaun of the Dead, which is a hilarious movie. Um, There are so many zombie movies out there right now. And zombie books. There's like uh, Forest of Fingers and Teeth, I think it's called. Um, And there's other ones like Feed. um, And there's just just so many of them out there. But we go further back. Where he got this, Romero got this concept, was from post-colonial Caribbean. So when Africans were being forced to um, work in the plantations, they were captured as slaves and brought over to the New World. Uh, they brought with them their religion that comes from the uh, West Africa. Um, and we know this because the concept of the zombie and voodoo. Yes, shares very similar ties to a lot of the native religions that come from west africa and from west africa we can trace those roots of the zombie again back to ancient egypt so the concept of the zombie is very very ancient it gets a little bit blurry the further back you go because the transcripts and recording of this idea and their their faith is very uh convoluted and hard to find because no one kept records of it because at that point in time no one really cared it was very word of mouth it was oral history that was kept so most of what we find today are just bits and pieces and they're kind of spread across the different continents of where you might find this so where george uh, A. romero found his concept of the zombie was from haiti is where we get a lot of it but it is prevalent in
0: most of the caribbean culture so let's talk about types of zombies. There's the fast ones, the slow ones, and they're kind of interesting because not all of them are dead. Do you want to talk to me about like the types of zombies we can find? Because I think there's like more than two, but I'm not really sure. So let me just hand it over to you. So in modern culture, we have two types of zombies. And like you said, there's the ones that are really slow and they're
1: considered, um, they're not supposed to be the terrifying ones. They are slow, can't really do much. They just, they are Reliant on smell and hearing rather than sight. Uh, They're not, they're seen as, I'm not even sure the term. They're just, they're kind of, they're only terrifying in hordes, which is very interesting because it's seen as simple creatures. They're easy to evade for the most part. They're pretty easy to kill, but their danger comes in numbers. So we see the slow Walking Dead creatures in that, in the movie or in the show Walking Dead and the novel as well. Um, That is again, the most common one. Uh, We've also seen it in Shaun of the Dead and uh, a book that I mentioned earlier called Forest of Fingers and Teeth is by Carrie Ryans and her zombies in that one are the slow ambling uh, zombie type. Now there's another type that we have where it's the really fast and almost uh, predatorial. They are reliant on all of their senses. They're not seen as stupid. They are not crafty per se, but they're seen as more of an animalistic type of creature rather than a human um, and we've seen that in Warm Bodies as the true zombies, I think they were called. And then you've seen them in World War Z, where you had like just the massive hordes chasing these cre- the, um, humans down. And then if you've seen the trailer for the Sony's new game called Days Gone, they've also kind of seen there. And they're not, there haven't been outright announced as being zombies, but that concept of like humanoid looking creatures, but they're not humans kind of coming after you, trying to tear you limb from limb. So those are the two most common ones that we've seen in today's media. But if we go backwards um, and look into actually Houdan culture itself, uh, there's actually another another two type: zombie of the body and zombie of the soul. I'm not going to get into crazy detail about that, just because there's so much in there that I can barely scratch the surface of. But it's honestly really interesting if you ever have a chance to look it up. The way to create a uh, zombie of the body is you basically have to... There's different ways, but the most common one is basically you drug person and then you bury them and then you bring them back to life and then they basically become your servant or lack of better word slave zombie of the soul basically is where you just capture the person's soul and
0: you use them and they, they're more like a ghost per se but that's still part of the zombie theme before we move on i did have a quick question about spiritual zombies for spiritual zombies You said that they capture the person's soul. Do they get the soul to do their bidding, or is it just kind of like the soul is like a battery that's fueling magic? I believe from what I've read was that it's more like uh, it's the soul that does your
1: bidding. And the process is very bizarre. It's like you stick the soul into a grain of a
0: jar of rice and they turn into a white spider. That sounds really cool. I'd like to learn more about that, Um, but probably not like for practical use. I don't plan on catching anyone's soul anytime soon. So one of the reasons I was interested to do zombies as a topic is because I'm not really into the humanoid creature, but zombies do occur throughout nature more frequently than you'd expect. The mind control zombies, you have natural analogs like The parasitic wasps that put their babies into a spider and then make it spin a cocoon for them. You have parasitic barnacles on crabs that make their home inside the crab. You have that one fungus that controls only a specific species of ant we've learned recently and makes it clamp onto a plant and die so that it can continue its life cycle. So there's a lot of instances of one species controlling another species To propagate itself. So that's kind of like the mind control magic zombie of the body, like you were talking about. But interestingly, and it's not talked about a lot, we also have an analog for predatory, fast, scary zombie, and I'm surprised it's not talked about more because the rabies virus is essentially the predatory, scary zombie. A mammal bites another mammal, and for a period of weeks to months, Nothing is apparently wrong with the victim animal. It goes about its routine normally, it doesn't exhibit any symptoms at all, and then once the incubation period is up, they exhibit symptoms that are in common with a lot of other diseases. Symptoms of rabies in a person include illness, fever, headache, general weakness or discomfort, which could be pretty much anything. And you see that a lot in um, rage zombie movies. You know, someone gets bit and they're like, I'm fine. And then they like maybe start sweating or they look weak. And that's pretty typical of a rabies victim. But then as the disease progresses, the rabies will travel from the bite wound through the nerves to the brain. And once rabies hits the brain, more specific symptoms appear that include insomnia, anxiety, confusion, paralysis, excitation, hallucination, agitation, and hypersalivation which is also pretty typical in rage zombies. For normal rabies, death usually occurs within days of the onset of these symptoms, but not before the virus reaches the salivary glands, which is how it propagates itself. Just seems like a lot of rage zombies are just maybe have a bad, bad case of rabies. I mean, obviously not all animals that get rabies are going to go bite anything they can find. Usually it's just a lot of drooling and pressing their forehead against walls avoiding water because hydrophobia is another symptom. And that was, you know, that's part of the reason I wanted to do zombies and you are here to help me do it. Awesome.
1: That's actually really interesting. Um, So one other thing that I just wanted to add to your section was just that some of the people that have done research on zombie in uh, post-colonial literature and just in general, one thing that they've mentioned is that there is a species of pufferfish in the area that can basically cause a catatonic state that resembles death. Now, if any fans out there of Rim, you might remember an episode or two where that was actually a, a vessin. In case that sounds familiar, that's probably why. Wait, wait, the Pufferfish was a vessen? Interesting. <laughs> his vessen shape was basically his face bloated up and he grew like little fins. And he spat a type of venom at the person and it would cause this catatonic state.
0: Oh, that's kind of cool, but also very unpleasant looking. Yep. Yeah, it was very, it was very weird. Not gonna <laughs> lie. Um,
1: also, shout out to the producers of Grim because they did a really good job of making that character seem like one of the Loas that are that are actually common in Voodoo. Good to you. At least I appreciated it. Maybe no one else did. But yeah, that's actually a an actual uh, explanation for how this um, the zombie might even be a possible because oh. there have been actual instances of real zombies. Hmm.
0: Let's talk about some instances of real-life zombies laid on me. So just to go back
1: to what I just mentioned was that there was actually um, several instances. One of them was recorded rather recently, within the last 30 years, and his name was, uh, I'm probably not going to pronounce this right, so I think it's um, Clarvis uh, Narcissi um, in eight, 1981. And he was a person that had a death re- death certificate and metal records to prove it, and he appears and he's talking about how he had been drugged, buried, and then raised from the grave and enslaved.
0: That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That is a crazy thing to happen to someone.
1: And when he finally appeared, they did a medical testing on him. And I and I guess, according to the um, notes that I found, they did actually find like drugs in the system. Um, and there have been some other instances that don't really have anything to do with that particular form of zombieism. But, like, I mean, I'm sure everybody remembers the Florida man eating someone's face in 2012. I remember a lot of people were like crazy about that. They're like, the zombie apocalypse is actually happening. There was also a wandering zombie, which is a type of lower form of zombie. And mantra health to so put it. I just discovered this morning as I was doing my research again. Um, basically, in Louisiana, there was a sighting of, and numerous people actually saw this, of a soldier, probably British, who was carrying around his head. And he had been, he had died in 1814. And the sightings weren't far from that. Wait, the
0: sightings were like in eighteen fourteen or yeah,
1: they were around eighteen fourteen. They didn't give didn't give me an exact date. They had an exact date for when this guy died. So I'm guessing that they somebody
0: recognized him. That's crazy. I would hate to be like, yo, that's Uncle Jeff out there wandering around with his head cut off. There have been other records that
1: I'm not going to lie, I can't find them where I've stored them them on my computer, so you can kind of take my word for this or not believe me at all, but I am 99% sure that I remember reading this, that there were several European um, invaders in Africa that had various instances where they were fighting the natives, and the natives didn't stay down when they should have, according to the reports, where... Maybe, like, we shot them, and they rose again, and we shot them again, and they fell down, but then they came back to life. And there's a good chance that they might have heard the natives talking about this religion, because as I mentioned earlier, the concept of the zombie comes from
0: West Africa. So normally I don't advocate this for creatures, but zombies seem like kind of an exception because they already should be dead, I guess? So... How do we kill ourselves some zombies? How do we prevent these zombies from breaking into the studio and killing us before we finish this podcast? Well,
1: the best case, and as everyone probably knows, you have to destroy the brain. The brain is kind of the most important spot. So most every show I've ever seen, every book I've read, the brain is how you destroy it. You can like chop off the limbs, you can set it on fire... You can drown it. It will still come after you. But if you get the brain, if you chop off the head, it will it will usually stop moving at that point. I have a theory that you could probably freeze them if you can get to a cold enough area. I'm pretty sure that they're affected by temperature, so I think that in the warmer climates, they're more prevalent and they're stronger. Um, wherever you get closer to colder areas, I think you can kind of slow them down and maybe even possibly freeze them. In cases of where the zombie was actually raised by sorcery magic, Usually the best way to stop the zombie is to dispose of or stop the sorcerer. Interestingly enough, apparently there's other ways to make the disconnection between the creation and the creator by giving the zombie some salt. I don't know why it's salt, but apparently if you, they're, you're not supposed to feed zombies that were raised
0: salt because that
1: somehow breaks the connection.
0: Wait, excuse me. You said feed the zombie salt? I'm not going to go anywhere near its mouth, so don't worry, sorcerer, that one's for you. <laughs> I didn't say it was a smart way to do it.
1: <laughs> I was going to mention this, a lot of times in zombie movies, they're always looking for a cure. Honestly, don't. It's not helpful. You might be able to come up with ways to prevent people from becoming infected, But if you're trying to find a cure for something that's already infected, that's already become a zombie, it's not going to help. So I would just kind of
0: forego that. Also, as someone who worked in a vaccine lab as a lab tech, I would love to see someone like a layman, your average plumber, make a vaccine in a day like they do in most movies with no access to a lab. And basically, like, dirt, like, and dirt and blood is how they usually seem to make the vaccine. I would love to see it. All right, so before I let you go, let's do a fun one. What's your favorite zombie and why? I
1: have to say I'm a big fan of the slow ones because I think they're hilarious. (laughs) Because every time, like, if you think about it, they shouldn't be scary. They should just be silly, if anything. They're laughable. You know, they're just kind of, like, walking towards you, and then they, if you're up a stairway or something, like, you're a few steps ahead of them, they technically shouldn't be able to climb the stairs. They should just fall over. Why? Because they don't have very good motion control, and they can't see very well. Oh. So if they can't tell, there's stairs there, which is why whenever in, like, like especially the Walking Dead, whenever I see them climb stairs, I just laugh, because that shouldn't be possible. They should just, honestly, just fall over. If they somehow make a ramp, they maybe they could kind of,
0: like a teamwork ramp, like a bunch yeah. of bodies stacked. Okay. And then they
1: might, maybe they can kind of get up there. But honestly, they shouldn't be able to climb ladders because they can't, or stairs, because they can't even see the stairs. They should just kind of like hit it and then fall over. Like, <laughs> I have so many questions, and
0: I just think they're hilarious to watch. So that that's probably my favorite. Nice. I like it. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming in to talk about zombies. It's been nice to have another person to interview on this show. Super excited that I was able to come on. Aw, thanks so much. Alright listeners, that's gonna do it this week for zombies. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit about the history of zombies and how to kill them if you run into one. If you're curious about any of Gracie's references and want to read a little bit more about them, check the show notes to find out more. Intro and outro music is by Scott Ethington. Lastly, if you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes, or consider donating to our Patreon. Also, if you especially liked having a guest interviewer, just write me an email or something. I'd love to do a little bit more of this. Thank you for listening, and remember, anyone can be a monster.